Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the program today. Um, by the way, we do have everybody in the studio today. We have Pastor Russ from Cloverdale. If someone was interested in coming to your church, where would they have to go? CloverdaleURC.org. And then Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing just great. And then if somebody were going to come to your church, where would they go? Well, they ought to just show up at 3102 Palouse <laughs> Street on Sunday at 1130, and that would be just great. But uh, they can find us on the web at uh, dayspringboise.com. Okay. And then uh, Pastor Phil, good morning to you. Good morning. I'm you see any, do you see any turtles on the uh, <laughs> fence post lately? <laughs> I keep looking. Uh, I'm pastor of uh, Christ Presbyterian Church, and uh, if you want to learn more about us, go to ChristPressBoise.org. And uh, for me, Josh, you can just go to TheWellBoise.com. I think all of us are, yeah, all of us are meeting in person. So yeah, awesome. Right. Okay. Uh, today we are talking about um, assurance of salvation. Um, specifically, how can we obtain assurance of salvation? And I kind of want to just open by reading from the Westminster Confession of Faith. This is chapter 18, paragraph 1, and this is what it says. Although hypocrites and other unregenerate men may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God and a state of salvation— which hope of theirs shall perish. Yet, such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him in sincerity, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him, may in this life be certainly assured that they are in a state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which hope shall never make them ashamed." Now, this topic of assurance of salvation is a is a huge topic because many Christians who are truly saved lack assurance, which right away we should say our justification before God, namely when we trust in Christ, his righteousness is given to us, our sin is given to him. Our justification is not the same thing as our assurance. No, they don't, and they don't always go together. I mean, they, you know, you quoted the Westminster Confession, but... Uh, it talks about that we can have an infallible assurance, but it also says the this infallible assurance does not so belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may wait long in conflict with many difficulties before he's a partaker of it. It's saying that you know uh, true believers, you know, the, our conscience is one of those things that it, we're, not only are we convicted of sin, but we we oftentimes will wonder. If we really truly believe, we tend to believe our doubts rather than our faith. You know, we should doubt our doubts sometimes so that we take confidence in what God has specifically 
said to us. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we miss out on this assurance, and we miss out on it sometimes because of bad theology, because of uh, remaining sin in our life, because of any number of things. Sometimes God is just pleased to have us go through a season where we don't feel assured. Right. So, so, but, but we can, we can have assurance is what it's saying. Yes. It's not, it's not, it, it actually should follow after salvation. We don't want, we, there's that false assurance that people have that you referred to when you quoted the Westminster Mm -hmm. there that, you know, they deceive themselves. Well, I show up in church all the day and we, you know, I preached uh, from, Jeremiah uh, 7, where people were just, you know, they're quoting religious language, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. They, you know, you can be religious and you and think that you're assured of salvation, but assurance of salvation really comes in trusting in Christ alone for our salvation. John writes in, in his gospel, John is a unique writer. I'm not sure whoever said that the, John was somebody that you should read early on in your Christian faith. I, I don't find John to be an easy read. I, I actually think, personally, that that John is the most difficult of all of the writers of, of the New Testament, at least from my mind to follow. Maybe you guys disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of his writings, he tells you why he wrote. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's his pattern. So in John chapter 20, he says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So he tells us that his gospel is written so that you can have faith mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ, that Jesus really was the one, the anointed, the Messiah that was promised, and the Messiah that would come and be the the, the true prophet, priest, and king um, that is the, the one in which salvation is found. When he writes 1 John 5, or 1 John, the book of 1 John, in chapter 5, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Right. So he there's this sense where he's saying, I wrote the gospel so that you can know the Christ, believe in the Christ. I'm writing first John so that you can know mm-hmm. that you have the eternal life that mm-hmm. was promised in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult because sometimes we can say, no, I did. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. But there comes these moments where we said, but did I? How can I know? How can I know that it's for sure? How do I know that that wasn't just something that's a false hope or um, it's 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 lacking reality? Um, what what I think that I don't remember who said it first. It's kind of like a three legged stool. You know, when you have all three legs on the ground, you have a you have a, a you know a firm seat. You know, if you, you can tip forward and, and that, but those three legs. Uh, one of them is the objective truth of God's word. You know, as you, you've read, in, uh, you know, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. That's objective reality, revelation from God. Uh, this, the 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 second um, part of that leg is, you know, um, there are some things that I'm doing just because I love Jesus, and there's some things I'm not doing just because I love Jesus. There's a, you know, my I've seen a transformation in my life. There's that has an that has a reality to it as mm-hmm. well. And the third is the uh, inner testimony of the Holy Spirit by which you we re- reference this. You call out to Him, Abba, Father. I have that. Uh, you have that relationship. All three of those things give us that 
that assurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a person can quote, um, these things are written that you may know you have eternal life all day long objectively, and if the other two things aren't there, if, the, if there's no, never been any life transformation, there's good reason to doubt whether you're a Christian. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Canons of Dort, I mean, people always knock it because it's not pastoral. I'm not sure what document you're reading. I mean, the Canons are extremely pastoral. And one of it is, as it's teaching on the doctrine of election, it, it's saying that God's election is unchangeable. And that's where we have this firm foundation. My salvation was based not upon my actions, it was based upon God's actions that are wise, unchangeable, all-knowing, and almighty. So the election made by him can neither be suspended nor altered, revoked, or annulled. So it's grounding, that's that objective reality that Jonathan's talking about. But the next one is, well, how can I be assured of that? How do I know that's true? And it, it speaks of this, and it says... It's not by trying to figure out and diving into whether you were elect or not elect. It says this, but by noticing within themselves with spiritual joy and holy delight, the unmistakable fruits of election pointed out in God's word, such as true faith in Christ, a childlike fear of God, a godly sorrow for their sins, a hunger and thirst for righteousness, and so on. It's saying that the, the word speaks of fruit. Do you not see these perfectly, but do you see some evidences of it? Mm-hmm. Not do I love my brothers perfectly, yeah. mm-hmm. but do I love my brothers? Yeah. So, sometimes our, I think our assurance is eroded precisely because we have a very defective theology. You just quoted a very kind of Calvinistic doctor, uh, document um, we we were talking, me and you, brother, um, off the air about um, our Nazarene friends. Um, they have a very de- – I'm going to shoot straight here. They have a very defective theology of salvation where like every Sunday you're going back up to the altar to get re-saved. Well, that will shake your that will shake your assurance faster than anything if you think that you can lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. Phil, Phil, why – what, what is one argument from Scripture that we cannot lose our salvation? Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you one. I'm, I'm, you probably saw that I had my Bible open to Philippians. I did not. We're okay. just on the same wavelength, <laughs> <It's>, man. <laughs> well, we trust that the Holy Spirit is, is guiding here. I'm in uh, Philippians chapter 1 and verse mm-hmm. 6. Mm-hmm. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a, there's a number of things in there. That's a loaded verse. He who began a good work in you. It was God who began the good work in you, Christian, not you. Mm. It was God's Holy Spirit that moved into your, in your heart to give you life and to raise you from spiritual death to life in Christ. So God has begun this work. It, it wasn't your spiritual genius <laughs> that, uh, you know, you and I, before we knew Christ— all of us, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Not sick, dead. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that can raise the dead, the, the only power that can raise the dead is, is God. And uh, so he who began a good work in you, it was God who began the work, will bring it to completion. God will not fail. God has promised. God does not fail in what he sets out to do. God is going to uh, redeem all of creation. God is going to 
redeem you, Christian, and and won't fail mm-hmm. to do it. And I think if if we do not hold to the biblical teaching of the surety of our salvation, it leads in two directions that are not healthy. If you believe that salvation is up to you, you really only have one of two in results. You're you're going to end in self-righteousness or you're going to end in despair. Mm-hmm. And neither one is healthy. No. Right. Yeah, you 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 diminish you diminish sin, you know, so that you can be self-righteous before God. I I ministered in my first church and there was it was a mixed multitude of people in Florida and and there was one gentleman there, he was a truck driver. He had on the wheel cover of his van, it's hard to be humble when you are perfect in every way. He had believed that he could come to sinless perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, he totally discounted what you know we read in 1 John, my little children, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Uh, there, he's the propitiation, he's the covering for your sin. You know, they, he, he but if said, anyone says he doesn't sin, sin he deceives himself. himself and is a liar and the truth of God is not in him. Mm-hmm. So there is so you know that's that's the one thing we need to understand that it's that our salvation is secure as as Phil was pointing out the one that began a good work in us will bring it to completion. We talk about the perseverance of the saints and the preservation of the saints. Uh, they're both true. God preserves his and he enables us to persevere. And I'm, I'm going to rest in, in Christ's perfect work, mm-hmm. his death and resurrection for my sins, and his perfect righteousness that is imputed to me. I'm not going to trust in my own works, because that's going to just lead me to despair, because I know my own heart. Um, but I will trust in what he has done on my behalf.